0: Welcome to this clinical law briefing. My name is Robert Wheeler. I work in Southampton as a children's surgeon and clinical lawyer and hope this podcast concerning a legal aspect of clinical life will interest you. This briefing concerns the case of Pippa Knight, which perhaps opened a door to dignity. Pippa Knight was a healthy infant, when at 20 months she suffered an acute necrotizing encephalopathy and sustained very severe brain damage. She was totally dependent on mechanical ventilation, despite which she had frequent oxygen desaturations, requiring immediate nursing and physiotherapy. Her mother was proposing that Pippa should have a tracheostomy and ultimately return home. Her daughter was in a persistent vegetative state, and the Trust sought to withdraw life-sustaining treatment. The case was heard first in the High Court and then at Appeal. During this judicial process, the Court found that the concept of dignity did not help in identifying where Pippa's best interest lay. Whilst the recently incapacitated young person or adult may have values, wishes and beliefs that can be reasonably ascertained or deduced, the Court found that these elements cannot be divined in a five-year-old who suffered severe brain damage in the second year of her life. The judge pointed out that we may all think we can recognise dignity when we see it, but that the description of someone's life or death as having dignity is highly subjective. This is illustrated by the fact that while some legal cases have asserted that an individual's dignity has been honoured by continuing to sustain life, in others dignity has been deployed to persuade judges to withhold life-sustaining treatment. The court reflected that for some people, there is a dignity in enduring suffering. For others, prolonged suffering constitutes a loss of dignity. The notion of what a dignified death for Pippa might represent was also considered. The Trust was proposing withdrawal of ventilation in a planned manner in hospital, palliative care, then allowing Pippa to die peacefully with her family. Witnesses for the Trust warned of the reverse, where uncontrolled desaturation could lead to sudden death in chaotic circumstances in the absence of her family. These two possible outcomes were used as illustrations of promotion of dignity in the first instance, and its loss in the latter. Pippa's mother strongly disagreed, unable to think of anything more undignified than the prospect of a planned death in the corner of PICU. Given these very different views expressed to the court about what might constitute dignity for Pippa, either in life or in dying, the judge rejected the notion that he could presume to adopt some supposedly objective concept of dignity, those are his words, to determine her best interests. On behalf of Pippa's mother during the appeal court hearing, counsel observed that dignity was not a touchstone, i.e serving by itself to identify best interests. Alternatively, counsel for the children's guardian representing Pippa's interest in court contended that in addition to the principle of sanctity of life and the principle of self-determination, the court in Pippa's circumstances should take into account the principle of respect for dignity of the individual. He asserted that both the burdens of her intrusive treatment and the potential benefits of treating her at home surrounded by her family, are both aspects of the principle of respect for an individual's dignity. A person with no awareness of their circumstances can still be afforded dignity or treated with indignity by the manner in which they live and by the way which they are treated. Although the Court of Appeal did not embark on an analysis of these arguments, because no parties challenged the first instance judge's ruling that he could not presume to adopt the concept of dignity, it did acknowledge that the concept of dignity might in the future need to be addressed by a judge. This wide recognition that the attributes associated with human dignity are not a way of doing life, rather attributes of being alive. Those who are participating in the human adventure flourish on that journey, irrespective of whether they have neuronal connections to appreciate that they are flourishing. It all turns on being. So many of us have seen incapacitated patients, but what none would deny the existence of their dignity. It is for these reasons that judicial evaluation of how the principle of respect for dignity might apply when considering a person's interests should be welcomed. I hope this was useful, but if you would prefer to read rather than to listen to me, by all means look at the Clinical Law website on the UHS webpage or type Clinical Law into a search engine.